November 8th. Our reading today in the New Testament will be in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. We'll read about a better sanctuary in every way. The present heavenly sanctuary is better than any sanctuary on earth, including the temple in Jerusalem. In the earthly temple, the furnishings were only symbols. The work was never finished, and the ministry could never change the human heart. We need to be grateful for the price Jesus paid to make His heavenly ministry possible. We'll read about a better service. The Jewish high priest could deal only with externals, but Jesus deals with the heart and conscience. He can purify us and perfect us so that we can serve God in an acceptable way. Well, do you come to Him daily and ask for His ministry? And we'll read about a better sacrifice. The blood that purchased your eternal redemption came not from unwilling animals, but from the Son of God who willingly, willingly laid down His life for you. The spotless Lamb of God had to die only once. The sacrifice need not be repeated. Have you trusted that blood to save you? And now, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 8th, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. Now in that first covenant between God and Israel, there were regulations for worship and a sacred tent here on earth. There were two rooms in this tent. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and loaves of holy bread on the table. This was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. In that room were a gold incense altar, and a wooden chest, called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing some manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant with the Ten Commandments written on them. The glorious cherubim were above the Ark. Their wings were stretched out over the Ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain all these things now. When these things were all in place, the priests went in and out of the first room regularly as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest goes into the most holy place, and only once a year, and always with blood, which he offers to God to cover his own sins and the sins the people have committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the most holy place was not open to the people as long as the first room and the entire system it represents were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time, for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them, for that old system deals only with food and drink and ritual washing external regulations that are in effect only until their limitations can be corrected. You will never see in this life all the good that your sowing has done. You've seen Finding Nemo. 
Remember Dory? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. The word God has for us is just keep sowing, just keep sowing, just keep sowing. Sometimes it would do well to have a little short-term memory loss. Okay, I'm putting that behind me. I'm just going to keep sowing, just keep sowing, just keep sowing. I may have shared before the, 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 the implication there of the parable of the sowers in the soil. You know, we're all familiar with that story, and some falls on the concrete, and some falls among the thorns, and some on the, the shallow ground, and we know some of it grows up, and some of it doesn't, and gets snatched away. But what we don't notice is that this sower is sowing everywhere. Why are you sowing on concrete? That's a bad idea. Why are you wasting your, your seed on pavement? Why are you throwing into the thorns and the thistles? That's not where crops grow. That's not his job. He just keeps sowing. Just, just keeps sowing. I, you all have, we all have people in our life who think that'll never work. <laughs> we have people who think, well, they, they seem kind of like us and like me, and they seem like normal because we always think we're normal. And, and yeah, they might be able to come to Jesus, but then you've got other people in a different category like, oh, but they have real big sins, and they're really messed up, and they're not like me at all, and I'm not going to waste the seed over there. Look, you're not going to run out of seed. Just keep sowing. Just keep sowing. Make it your aim to sow faithfully whether you ever reap fantastically. Is it not a saying, four months and then the harvest? Think of, you would never eat, you would never eat physical food if all the farmers in this country gave up their sowing when they didn't see any harvest the next day. Forget it, I'm out of this, I'm, I'm not, I can't do this business anymore. I've, I've been at this for like a week and there's no corn, there's no soybeans, there's nothing. No, they understand it takes time, there's a delay you have to work hard. You don't see success usually the first time you're sowing, but just keep sowing. Bearing witness does not have to look like success. But here... Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. In light of God's goodness to Israel, you would have expected the nation to submit to Him and serve Him gladly and gratefully. Instead, they sinned and had to be disciplined many times. Before you judge them, however, consider whether you may be guilty of some of the same sins they committed. God delivered Israel from Egypt, but they soon forgot His mercy and ignored His counsel. He gave them manna, and they lusted for meat. They criticized their leaders. They worshipped a golden idol and would have been destroyed had Moses not interceded for them. They came to the border of the promised land and refused to go in. While wandering in the wilderness, they compromised with the heathen nations. Their stubborn attitude even made Moses sin. Once in the land, they compromised with the wicked nations, and God had to chasten them repeatedly. Were it not for His covenant, God would have destroyed them, but He forgave them and allowed them to have many, many new beginnings. Finally, he had to disperse them among the Gentiles. Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. At Meribah too, they, the Israelites, angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. 
Israel failed to destroy the nations and the land, as the Lord had told them to. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshipped their idols, and this led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, by sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan. They polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against His people, and He abhorred His own special possession. He handed them over to pagan nations, and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again He delivered them, but they continued to rebel against Him, and they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so, He pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered His covenant with them and relented because of His unfailing love. He even caused their captors to treat them with kindness. O Lord our God, save us! Gather us back from among the nations, so we can thank Your holy name and rejoice and praise You. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27, verse 10 Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. Then, in your time of need, you won't have to ask your relatives for assistance. It is better to go to a neighbor than to a relative who lives far away.